Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Let's pray before I... Uh, read this scripture. Heavenly Father, we pray that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to each of us, Lord God. I pray that each one of us, Lord, would hear what you want us to hear today. Your word has power. It does not go out and do nothing, but it does something and it changes us, Lord God. We pray that your seed would come into us today and change our thinking, change our lives, change our destiny in Jesus' name. Amen. So, just reading from John chapter 21. We're actually reading about Peter. So I have to remember, we're not talking about John. We're talking about Peter. All right. Chapter 21, verse 15. After breakfast, so they've had some fish together. Jesus has eaten as well. It's fantastic, which means that when we get to heaven, we will still be able in our new bodies to eat. Who who likes that idea? Fantastic idea. One of the blessings of being alive. Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, Do you love me more than these? Now, he has denied Jesus three times, and Jesus is asking him three times, do you really love me? And uh, men who were at the men's conference breakfast yesterday, uh, I did not steal this from Greg French. I was preparing it all week. The fact that he preached a similar message is confirmation to me that God has something to say, and he wants to say it. And so let's have ears to really hear what he's saying to us today. Start the timer. Hello. All right, after breakfast, he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked that question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. We've been talking about the power of habits and working our habits for the last couple of weeks. And this is the third and final in this series. I hope that you are conscious of the things that you do by habit. The things that are just, just do without thinking. It's very hard to think of something that you do without thinking. But this series is to help us try and notice some things. Go through our day and reflect on some things. And the band's still here. One of my habits is to leave the band here. Guys, I want you to stay there for three days, okay? Just go on. No food, fasting, praying. Thank you. Let's give the band a big clap. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Does that come out of my time? All right. Um, Psalm 23, verse 3, it says, The shepherd of our souls, God, Jesus, guides us into paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And that word paths means well-worn tracks. And you get that image in our minds of uh, those tracks across the hills that where sheep form a track. They'll get in line they, and they do the same track every time. So the, the shepherd, this is, uh, I mean, a man-made track, but sheep tracks is what we're thinking about. And the shepherd would take the, tree, the sheep up to the top pasture and they'd kind of work out where he's going and then they go along that well-worn track. Well, okay, now we're going down to the river. Okay, we go down to the river on that well-worn track. And we have well-worn tracks in our lives. 
when we're wanting to get fed, when we're wanting to, to get satisfied, wanting to have comfort, we tend to go along the same well-worn tracks. And that's not always the right track, but God is wanting to get us onto paths, well-worn tracks of righteousness. What tracks are you on? Where do you go when you're sad and lonely? Where do we go when, when, it, when we're triggered by some th- sort of issue? What is our well-worn track in that regard? And Jesus is wanting us to focus on the well-worn tracks of righteousness. He's wanting to get us there. Habits are basically three things. A cue or a trigger, how we respond to that in order to get a reward. Okay, so uh, when we're hungry, we're triggered by hunger, we go to the fridge, get some food, and then we feel a bit better. Uh, A lot of people use that same response to sadness or loneliness, I go to the fridge and get some food to feel a little bit better. That's a habit. And, uh, you know, habits can be, we've got, we've had a habit in our family for a while there where we had the cue was a dog looking out the window and seeing someone dare to walk past our house. And so the dog would respond with a bark, and then someone would tell, yell out for the dog to be quiet, and then someone else would yell out to the person who's saying be quiet, who happens to be sitting right next to them, it tells them shut up, and then there's a parent over here who doesn't want any of this noise, just says, hey, and so you've got this chain reaction, which is like a family habit, you know, shut up, be quiet, hey, Shut up! Hey, be quiet! Well, generally get the idea. And so, generally speaking, if you want to change any habit, you work out what is it that's cueing everything? What is it that's causing all this? And is there some way we can change that? Like walk over to the blinds and shut the blinds so the dog can't see anybody walk past the house? That's what we did. And the dog was staring at the blinds for a few seconds and, and then just walked over and went to sleep. And what do you know? We have quiet in the house. We've changed a family habit. How about your habits? How are you? What's your habit when you get up in the morning? What's your habit when you come home from work? Men, do you come home and uh, just sort of drag all the work stuff with you and come in the house and it's just all there and it's don't talk to me and I just want some downtime and staring at the TV for a few hours. I remember Melanie once said to me, you know, what our kids really love is when you come home happy. And uh, some of the best uh, times is when I rode a bike to work, Peter Eastman, amen. And, you, and on the way home, you just start out on the bike after work and then you start to process the day. And then by the time you get home, you've left it all behind. And now we have happy dad. Because habits can be changed. And as a woman who's 34 years old, she was, had struggled with obesity all her life. This is a, uh, from the book Power of Habit. And she was, uh, had started smoking and drinking at age 16. Uh, she'd never held a job. She was 34 for more than a year. And then her husband left her. And uh, she was desperate for a change. And so she uh, looked at... Uh, her life was changed not by addressing each of those individual habits. There's a higher, there's a higher issue. It's, the, it's called the keystone habit. It's the habit overall that is your one 
focus, your one goal in life. What is your life purpose about? And uh, she changed that, and it changed all the little habits. It's like the one habit to rule them all. It's the Lord of the Rings. It's the Lord of the Habits. And uh, so she set this focus. She said, okay, in one year's time, I want to go to Egypt, and I want to trek out the outback. And over time, over that next year, she swapped smoking for jogging. She's, she lost a whole lot of – it changed her dietary habit, and uh, she just had this new focus, and all her habits were changed. And we're going to talk about the uh, keystone habit a little bit further on. Okay, look at the sort of paths, well-worn tracks of righteousness that Jesus wants to lead us into. He actually set the example for us with his habits. Habit number one, look at Luke 4 verse uh, 16. It says here, Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath. And he read the scriptures. His habit was to go to church every week. Here we have God, and he goes to church every week. It's a habit. How's that habit working for you? Because I find that my front wheels go out of alignment over time, and I need to realign them. Sometimes it can take months before they lose alignment, or other times you can reverse out of the alignment spot, wave goodbye to the guy, and hit the gutter, and now they're out of alignment, you know. But Jesus wanted to get into church every week. What a great example for us to realign ourselves with our number one love with God once a week. Number two, he referred to God's word a lot. It's Jewish custom for young boys and girls, to not quite to such many years, but young boys would memorize scripture They'd go and they'd memorize scripture and then they'd get to the age of seven or eight or nine and they'd start to be encouraged to ask questions and then to really take apart what is the meaning of this text. And so when Jesus was left behind by his parents at age 12, he was in the temple talking about that. He'd already had a great understanding of the scriptures. And we need to have so much of, the, of God's word inside of us that it, that it comes out. You know, what comes out of us when we're bumped in a crisis, in a situation, a challenge or a circumstance comes and hits us and are we, uh, when we have a glass of wine and you bump it, wine comes out. The question is, what are you a glass of? What are you full of? What's going to come out of you when you're bumped? We want the Word of God to come out of us when we're bumped. When the devil comes and tempts Jesus, out comes the Word of God. When the devil comes and tempts us, what comes out? We need to have a habit of referring to God's Word a lot. Number three, he withdrew alone to pray. He went up. He got by himself. It's not at a prayer meeting, not with a friend. He got out by himself. He goes up to Mount Ainsley, and I go up there, and I've got a little glade that I get to, and when I get there, I'm immediately on my own, apart from dogs chasing rabbits, and I focus on God, and I withdraw from everything. Phone turned off, and I stay there, and I listen to God and share my thoughts with him. He had a habit to pray. He came down from the mountain after doing so, and he chose his 12 disciples because he tuned his ears in, and God spoke to him, and he could hear that voice. Number four, he did what the Holy Spirit told him to do. So he was uh, going to a pool, and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to pray for someone there. He walked over people who were also ill. He walked around people who had deep problems. 
He went to the one person, the Holy Spirit, said, I want you to pray for that person. Because he heard what God was telling him to do. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the ones who are children of God. It's not the great preacher or the speaker or the church attender. It's a person who hears God say something and just does that. What a great habit. If you just do that one thing, that's a habit that will change your life. Number five, he activated his faith. He lived in faith. He had the faith switch on. Whatever the situation, it's all going to be okay. God's going to come through. I trust God. Number six, he focused on God's priorities only. The Bible says that he set his face to Jerusalem. So when the disciples were, and other distractions were around, there was a time, point in time he said, no, this is what we're doing. And there was another time where the disciples said, this is great. We've got all these people. You've just prayed for a whole lot. And tomorrow we can do the same thing. And Jesus said, well, actually, that's not what we're going to do. I've got a different priority. But what about all these people here? You're just going to leave them? Yeah, I've got some other things I need to do, and I've got a very short time to do it. And this is what we're going to do. Focus on God's priorities. All of Jesus' habits, and I'm hoping that you heard one or two there that God said, hello, I'd like you to work on that one. All those individual habits all flowed from this keystone habit that Jesus had, which was that I trust God and I'm going to love him with all my heart. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to seek him. Every, everyone, all my habits are doing that because my keystone habit, is my life focus is this. When you contrast that with Peter, Peter, Jesus says to him on one of the first times he meets him, Peter, can we go out right now and let down your nets? And Peter said, well, we've just been fishing. There's nothing out there. It's not going to work. That's because Peter had a habit of knowing everything. <clears throat> particularly about fishing. Then later, Jesus walks on the water. Peter thinks, well, I can do that. I want to do that because life's all about me. Although I don't uh, begrudge him that. It would have been a pretty exciting thing to do. Number three, Jesus says, I've got to wash your feet. And Peter's response, oh, not me. Because I know what's best for me. Jesus says hello to Moses and Elijah on the top of a mountain, two dead guys who appear and they're from heaven. It's an overwhelming life, universe, exploding, history, amazing event. And Jesus is talking to these people from heaven. Hello. What's Peter's response? Hey, I can build a tent for each of you guys. I've got a bright idea. Peter was like the James Bond of, of that time. He had, he, was the answer, he had the answer for everything. I can do it. One man show. I can do it. And you just see Jesus and Moses and Elijah just kind of stopping their conversation and just uh, looking at him and going back to their conversation. And uh, Moses and Elijah saying, great guys. You got it. Yeah. Number five. Peter is told by Jesus, I'm going to die. Peter says, not you. Not you. I've got it all, fig- I've got it all figured out. You know, that doesn't happen. Jesus says to Peter and his, all his disciples, you're going to desert me. Peter says, not me. They might all desert you, but not me. Because I'm different. I'm better than all those guys. You can trust in me, Jesus. And Jesus said, no, you're going to desert me as well. 
And Peter says, even if I die, I'm not going to desert you because I know me. That's all because he had this keystone habit of I've got this. I've got this. I know this. I know what I need to know. And he kept running into Jesus all the time, every situation, bam, bam, bam. I know what to do. No, Jesus, we don't really know. And we are in the same situation. We think, we've got this. I know this. And we, we need to change that, that habit. The worst habit we can have is think that we know everything, that we don't need God. Let down your nets. There's no fish there. I'm sorry, there is fish there. You don't know it. Walking on the water. I can do it by myself. Well, actually, you do need me. You haven't quite got it. Washing feet. You don't need to wash me. Well, then you don't know what you're talking about. You're not, you haven't got a part of me if you don't let me do this. I can build you guys a tent. That's a silly idea. I, I'm, I'm gonna, you're not going to die, Lord. Get behind me, devil. You don't know what you're saying, Peter. When are you going to get it? Hello. I'm not going to desert you. They might all desert you, but it's not, I'm not going to desert you. He, he uh, denied him three times. I'll never deny you. I'll die before I deny you. He denied him three times. So Peter was taken apart. His keystone habit. I know this, I have this, I've got this, I, I, I can uh, ride uh, when I want to carry my uh, mattress from uh, you know, Jerusalem to Jericho, I can stick it on the top of my head as I'm riding the camel and I've got it. That was a strange analogy. But there are pictures of guys doing that with cars, going down roads, holding onto a mattress with just the hand out of the window because they've got it. Asking for trouble. You don't have it, Jesus says. He addressed each of these issues with Peter. After the resurrection, Peter would have been feeling excited. Wow, he's risen from the dead. That's fantastic. But I'm a bit nervous about talking to him again because I denied him three times and then the rooster crowed and he looked at me and he knew and I knew that he knew and What's he going to say to me? I am off the list. My whole sense of identity has been challenged by Jesus. Jesus goes to Peter and he says, do you sacrificially love me? They're sitting around the campfire on the beach. They've just had breakfast. Peter's, uh, everybody's looking at Jesus waiting for him to say something because what, what do you say to a guy who's just risen from the dead? You want to hear him say something. Peter's probably not even looking. He's staring down at the sand and he's got a twig and he's playing with stuff. He doesn't really know what to say. It's a very awkward, uncomfortable moment. And then just in silence, he hears Jesus say, Simon, which is not his latest name. It's his old name. It's his old self. has reared its head. He says, Simon, um, do you really sacrificially love me? More than all of these guys? Peter barely wants to even look up. Uh, um, You know that I'm your friend. That's what he says. You know that I love you. That word love is friend. 
you know that, I, that I'm your friend. The big bluster is gone. The guy who, who he could count on, the guy who said, I'm there for you, I've got your back, I'm the big guy, you're going to be amazed at what I can do. He's gone. The keystone habit's fallen over. I don't have it. And Jesus says, well, I want you to feed my sheep. And that's a bit of a mind blow. What's he talking about? And then a few minutes later, Jesus says, uh, Peter, you know, do you really love me? Like, do you really sacrificially love me? Forget these guys about comparing yourself to other people. Do you really sacrificially love me after all? And Peter says, look, I'm your friend, okay? That's about all I can manage right now. I want to be your friend. And then a few minutes later, uh, Jesus says, well, Peter, are you really even my friend? Oh, Peter is really cut to heart by that question. Jesus is not even asking him if he loves him anymore. He's asking him if he's even his friend. Lord, I'm your friend. You know everything. I'm your friend. It's about all he can manage. And Jesus again says, I want you to look after my sheep. And Jesus, by saying that, is saying, Peter, you don't have this. We know that. You and I know that. All the disciples know that. It's not in your strength that anything happens. I know that. I know that you're here. And I want you to know something, Peter. I have it. I've got it. I've got it. You don't have to have it. I know. You don't have to know. And I'm going to restore you back into this. I've got a job for you, Peter. I want you to do that. I just want you to focus on that. And the next time and the next time and every time that Peter got tempted to think about how great he was, I'm the boss of the whole new church. I'm the head of the disciples. Ah, Oh, that's right. God is the head. He's got me. I don't have it. We think we know, but we don't know. Life keeps, we keep bumping up against life and it shows us that there are times where we make shocking errors and Jesus says, that's fine. That's fine. It's okay. I've got it. I've got it. I'm with you. I'm for you. And you look back at Peter after, he, uh, after this event and then, of course, the Holy Spirit came. We have a whole new Peter. And he exhibited every habit that Jesus had exhibited. He went to church. You know, they went to the temple. They met at the temple daily. He valued meeting together. Number two, he referred to God's word a lot. Starting at Pentecost, he came out and he just spoke out. The Spirit of uh, God has, uh, is going to pour out his spirit. This is the fulfillment of the prophecy. When God said he's going to pour out his spirit, my sons and daughters will prophesy. My men, young men will dream dreams, uh, see visions. Old men will dream dreams. Peter was speaking the word of God. He referred the moment to the word of God a habit of Jesus. He withdrew alone to pray. That, the fact that he withdrew alone to pray on the rooftop in the middle of the day meant that God could speak to him and say, I want all the Gentiles to hear this, all the non-Jews. I want Peter, I want you to start that off. A habit caused a massive change. A Jesus' habit in our life will cause a massive change. It will take us to our destiny. Number three, uh, number four, he did what the Holy Spirit told him to do. The Holy Spirit said, I want you to go. That guy's going to take you to a, to a Gentile guy called Cornelius, and you're going to speak to him. I want you to tell them the truth about Jesus. And, and Peter said, I'm, I'm just going to do it. 
even though there's all hundreds, thousands of years of history that says don't do this, I'm going to do it because I heard the voice of God. He was led by the Spirit. Number five, he activated his faith. He said to Tabitha, who was dead, arise. He acted in faith. Silver and gold have I none, he said, as he activated his faith. Number six, he focused on God's priorities only. It led to him being flogged. This is the same guy who didn't want to be known with Jesus. And now he's telling the council, look, who do you think we should obey, God or you? I don't care what you do to me. He's changed. Why? Because his keystone habit has changed. It's been replaced. It's not, I can do this. I have this. That's been pushed over to the side. It's been replaced with, I can trust God. I trust God. I live for God. That's my purpose in life. His habits were changed. His life was changed. And Jesus had said to him, I want you to focus on loving me because if you really love me, you're going to do what I ask you to do. And uh, this is the keystone habit that Peter woke up with every morning. I'm here because I love God. But uh, the evidence of that is that I'm going to feed and I'm going to tend Jesus' sheep. That's my focus. And God's focus for all of us, the, the measure of our love for God is how we treat other people. It's amazing the number of scriptures that talk about uh, Jesus says you're going to be judged by how we treat the poor, how we treat the sick, how we treat other people. Because the way we treat them is the way is evidence of the way we treat God. It's the evidence of our love. And Peter knew that he was going to be, when he got to heaven, Jesus is going to ask him one question. Did you feed my sheep? And it's going to be a similar question for you and me. Jesus is going to say, did you feed people? Did you care for people? You know, did you feed people the truth? Did you have a bit of salt in there? when you uh, spoke to them about their issues, when you heard them talk about their problems? And did you really care about people? Did you really tend people? Did you care for people? I'd like to suggest that when you go to work, when you're at work, that you are waiting or, or anywhere actually, that you're listening for the cue that God sends to you from time to time. And the cue is that somebody says to you, I'm not happy. Or we've just moved into town. Or our friends let us down. Or some negative statement from a person is a cue for you to respond by saying, oh, you know, you should sometime come to our church because it's really helpful. The stuff that we get there is really helpful. It's a great community, really supportive. Because that's all part of feeding the truth and caring for other people. And it, we might not get our reward until we get to heaven. But it's there. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are always calling us to to paths of righteousness, to well-worn tracks of righteousness. But we can only get on them if we are following the shepherd. Lord God, we can only change our uh, Christian habits if we have our keystone habit of loving you first, of trusting in you, believing you, seeking your thoughts and your ways above our thoughts and ways. And while every eye is closed, if you're here today and this message has spoken to you, you felt God say to you, I need you to be in my flock. I want you 
to follow me as your shepherd. I want you to walk in paths of righteousness that I have prepared for you. And if you are not already part of Jesus' flock and you want to follow him and make him your shepherd and get onto the tracks that will lead to life, and abundant life, the Bible promises, if you're there today and you'd like to make that decision, I'm going to invite you in a moment to raise your hand so we can pray for you. So there's uh, some people who will come to you and and pray with you and give you a Bible and encourage you. But you can get started on a path of righteousness. It's not well-worn yet. Or if you're here today and you are away from God, you've wandered from the flock and you're in trouble, you're in brambles, you've gone on different paths and they're not paths of righteousness and you want to get back to God, if you're away from God, then this is also an invitation for you to respond today. So if that's you and you'd like to come and make Jesus your shepherd today and you've never done that before, or if you're someone who's away from God, just raise your hand right now and signal to me and I'll pray for you and someone will care for you. Is anyone here who'd like to do that right now? Come and raise your hand right now. We'll pray for you. And say, that's me. Yeah, please pray for me. I need that prayer. I need that prayer. I want that prayer. Is anyone here today who'd like to do that right now? Just slip up your hand. And we'll pray for you. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. You can ask God to be your shepherd. You can ask Jesus to be your shepherd. Invite him into your life. Anyone here at all? All right. The rest of us, let's continue to pray. Heavenly Father, pray. You'd reveal to us the habits you want us to focus on tomorrow morning. And Lord, as we get up tomorrow and whatever we face this week, let us remember, Lord God, that you've got it. You've got it. You've got us. You know our weaknesses. You know our strengths. And you have everything under control. And our only focus is to love you and love other people. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name for what Jesus has done and for this great week coming up in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.